Hi everyone. Welcome to Extra Help with Inside Schools. I'm Tom Liam Lynch. With COVID-19 forcing 75,000 teachers and 1.1 million students into online learning, it can be a real challenge for parents who become the de facto teaching assistants. In this episode, I'm going to share some advice for what to do when a parent isn't sure that their child is learning sufficiently or getting the support they need. We receive versions of this uh, issue in so many different ways, um, and for parents, it can feel like like you're just hopeless when your child checks out of learning, or they get confused, or they just get straight up frustrated. Um, it, sometimes you feel like your hands are tied and you don't know what the like what the proper steps are. Like where do you start to get help? Um, so let me break it down for you in a whole kind of bunch of different steps, okay? So the first step is to take a breath. Um, and just remember that most of the adults who are involved right now, um, they're, most of them are probably doing the best they can. Um, and that's, you know, th- that just takes a, b- a little reminding, I think, because it's, you know, everybody's juggling a lot. Um, there's a, there's nobody has the resources that they deserve in order to do their job particularly well, especially with the city schools. Um, and so they're, you know, they're trying to just sort of like pivot and figure it out. Um, but just, you know, presume goodwill. Most people are trying, uh, are probably trying to do the best that they can. Okay. Um, number two, sit with your child and review all the communications that relate to their learning um, at school, uh, meaning all of the online learning. This means like emails for sure, not just from a teacher, but from multiple, if that's the case, from the principal, notifications from systems like Google Classroom, for example, like the notifications are different than like just getting, you know, uh, an email, like sometimes depending on how your settings are, you might get like push notifications on your phone. Um, so really look to see like, how is, how is Google like automatically trying to tell us things at different times? Um, there's also messages from school communications platforms that your your school might use. Like some schools use Remind or Class Dojo or things like that. So sometimes teachers are used to using that as a way to communicate. Um, and if they're using a, a platform like Zoom or a platform like Google Classroom or something similar, they don't they don't quite realize that like the, those communications are not all the same and that you know they might have to make adjustments. Um, and even if there have been memos that have been sent home from the school, like paper memos that were like backpacked home a few weeks ago. Um, even that kind of stuff, like just, you know, just take inventory of like, what are all the different communications that are going on here? Um, this might sound crazy, but if it, if it helps take a blank piece of paper and try to map out all of the different ways, like people at the school are communicating with your family, um, and just get a, get a lay of the land in terms of like, you know, how organized is their communication? Um, how redundant is it? Where are the gaps? What's going on? Um, so step three would be then to review each content area class, um, or, or just, or class that your child has and double check that each teacher is, is communicating and like hone in on like, how exactly are they trying to like communicate with us and, and, and what are they asking uh, my child to do each day? So, you know, this is specifically around, um, when it, when it comes to like the, the work for class, right? So note that like teachers might very well have different like platforms they're using for communicating so like if someone was used to using email in the past and they might just rely on email um even though their class has gone to google classroom or um or now they're you know now they're trying to use more of an app like class dojo like they might have certain kinds of ways that they communicate and not everyone in the school 
is necessarily using the same thing. And that can be really frustrating for parents and for students. Um, in our own experience with my family, the school's done, I think, a pretty solid job of saying, like, we're, mo- we're going to use Zoom and Google Classroom, and then we'll link to stuff, but all the linking to stuff will be through Classroom. Um, you know, and there's, so you want to step back and you want to say, like, for each one of these classes, um, what, what have my child, let me have my child walk me through, like, how are they telling you what's expected, where the materials are, if there's textbooks involved, like, all of that, like, just what, what's all of the stuff around your learning that's being communicated with you in, per class? Um, and, you know, and let's, let's just take stock there as well. Um, you know, some of the recommendations I have just as a parent is like, you know, making lists and piles of things related to single subjects can be useful. Um, so if there's, you know, if there's like a couple of ELA related books or literacy books um, and materials, like put all those in a pile um, and, you know, do the same thing with math and, and, and so on. Another little tip um, is to consider creating a new browser window not just a tab, but a new browser window for each subject your child's working on. So that way it just kind of visually puts all of the, let's say, math stuff in like this window with a bunch of different tabs. For Because, right, you click on things and it opens up a new tab and now you've got all of this stuff and it can be really confusing. So consider just making, you know, log into whatever platform you're using and then have a new window for your, uh, not a new browser, but a new window for your different subjects. All right, step four. Um, if after doing all of that, you kind of you look at this and you say, all right, my child still needs more either information or clarity or support from the school, it's totally within your right to reach out. Um, sometimes parents hesitate. It's really interesting. In my experiences as a teacher and as working and in working with and with tons of schools over the years, it's really interesting how like there's there's kind of a two extremes. There's like the parent who immediately will start like emailing everyone under the sun and like freaking everyone out to try to get some sort of you know something changed and then there are parents who really don't feel like it's their their right or their their space to like intrude um and you what you really want is the middle as a as a parent a guardian as a student too but you have you have like you have the right to um, advocate for yourself and to articulate like what it is that you think you need in order to ensure that a child's learning as best as possible so here's here's the order in which you do things and i do think that there's like there's a there is an order to this okay so the first is to like start with your child's teacher okay so if there's a specific issue in a class you always start with the child's teacher um email often works best in my experiences it also creates a little bit of a clearer kind of paper trail in case there's an issue down the road and like email is helpful um you don't have to cc others at this point you're just you're just going to email the teacher uh, and there's a few main kind of steps to that or parts of that email right so the first is like you thank the teacher for all that they're doing particularly during a global pandemic. Let's, let's acknowledge reality. Um, also acknowledge that you have personally sat with your child to review all the different kinds of communications and the assignments so that you know you can you you yourself have tried to really understand what's going on. Because sometimes what happens is like, you know, kids sometimes will just complain about things because they don't want to do the work, let's say, and then the parent starts advocating for them. The parent doesn't have an accurate grip of what's actually going on. So this, this you know, ensures that that's not how whatever you're saying is going to be received. Um, the next step is to identify what it is you think your child needs in order to cre- uh, increase the quality of their learning. So here's a couple of examples. So like, for example, we'll use the word Tommy. Why not? Uh, Tommy has five, you know, dear so-and-so. Tommy has five classes in Google Classroom, but not all the teachers are using the calendar to schedule video meetings or to indicate that assignments are due. Is that something you can start to do and maybe even ask some of the other teachers to do the same? 
right? So it's it's framing it as like, yes, my child, but also others might have uh, a similar issue. Um, or, for example, um, because it's not always it's not always just like regular academic issues. Like, there's also lots of students who had um, other kinds of accommodations and services at the school, and now the schools aren't meeting, um, and they're not necessarily receiving those. So, another version of that sort of communication um, along those lines could read something like, you know, uh, you know, Tammy is struggling to manage the video calls because she's not comfortable with. Uh, video, her face being shown on video with other students. She's also not receiving her usual counseling services at the school every week. Is it all right if she attends just by audio and not by video? And can you tell me who the contact in terms of helping Tammy receive her accommodations? Like something like that. So again, in, in all the tone of it all is always really, really important. You know, you want it to be measured, you want it to be empathic, but you also want it to be concrete and firm in terms of like what the actual ask is. And whenever possible, try to make it not just about your kid, try to also make it about the collective good, um, the collective experience of other students. All right. Um, and you always should conclude by thanking the teacher for what they're doing um, and, and leave it in their court by saying, like, I look forward to hearing from you, you know, sincerely, whatever. Um, now, that's like that's like the message. And it's been crafted and it's like, you know, and you're and you send it off um, to your child's teacher. Then there's a series of like, you know, kind of escalations that, to, to think about in terms of like what happens if you don't get a response. So if you don't, this is kind of, these have been my rules of thumb. Like if you don't hear a response in 24 hours, then I resend the email um, and I say that I understand they have a lot going on, but I just want to make sure that you saw the email I sent yesterday. Okay, so it's not saying, you know, what the hell are you doing? You haven't responded to me. It's not saying that. It's like, again, presuming goodwill, you, you know, I know you got a lot going on. I'm just trying to like help you help you manage this like here it is again um, if another 24 hours goes by and you don't hear anything then you want to start to escalate and so my recommendation is to email the ideally it's there's an if there's an assistant principal <clears throat> you then you can um, email that person and say i sent an email to so and so yes uh, two days ago i haven't heard anything i know they have a lot going on but if can you please like check in with them and, and help me get a response to this. This is a copy of what I shared. If there's not an AP uh, or an assistant principal, you could also, you could try reaching out to a guidance counselor or a parent coordinator. Um, now, if another, if 24 hours goes by and you haven't heard anything from the assistant principal or similar role by that point, um, then it's completely okay to email the principal. Um, but when you do email the principal, then my advice is to CC whether it was the assistant principal, the guidance counselor, parent quarter, whoever the other person was, administrative kind of level person was, who didn't get back to you, like now it's perfectly fine to CC like them on the outreach to the principal. Um, and then if you don't hear anything from the principal or any of the other people involved in 24 hours, then you reach out to the superintendent and you CC the principal, assistant principal, and whoever else like hasn't been responsive. Um, that, that usually will do it. Um, and in my experiences, you know, and my experience is often just like if, if a day goes by and you just email the teacher back directly, like they often will get back to you. Um, but that way, too, you're, you're giving folks a chance to do the right thing. You're creating a paper trail for yourself, too. So you can if it comes down to it, you don't want to think this way. But if it comes down to it, you can say, like, look, these are all the steps I took. These are all the outreaches and I'm not getting what I need. Um, and by I'm not getting what I need, it's like my child isn't getting um, what she or he needs. Um, and I, and I want to drive this last point home like like to be clear, this isn't, it's not nagging. All right. And it isn't exerting privilege. Um, this is just, it's, it's about trying to get for your child, like what 
what your child deserves. Um, it's a public education system. Um, and, you know, if, if I, I always wear that kind of parent hat. I'm like, you know, tax dollars are going into this. Like, and of course, it's a Herculean task. But like, you know, there's there are there's a certain level of professionalism and of services that like at the end of the day need to be provided. And so this is about helping the professionals involved who are in a really complex and honestly, as someone who worked not just as a teacher, but in the like central offices and throughout the city, like it's often a complex and absurd bureaucracy. Um, So it's trying to help those people really focus on what is most important. And that is the quality of the learning for your individual child in the context of a class, which is within a school, which is within a community, which is within like a city. Like, and your, so your child matters. And as, and I think the most important thing is just to like do due diligence before, you know, before sending out any communication, make sure you understand thoroughly what's going on and then be very measured and thoughtful about how you frame any communication. And if you don't get a response and there's an escalation path, which I just outlined that, um, in my experience is often very effective if, you know, uh, and it seldom even has to go up as, as far as like, as, you know, senior city leadership or anything like that. All right, that's all for this episode, but our engagement does not have to stop here. Uh, We have lots of resources and tools over at InsideSchools.org. Of course, we've got our independent reviews of city schools. Uh, we also you, uh, we also have a newsletter you can sign up for there. Um, in addition, we're pretty active over on Facebook and on Twitter. So if you haven't connected with us there, please do. Please consider doing so. We'd love to engage via social. Um, and finally, um, consider subscribing to our podcast. And if the spirit moves you, leave us some feedback. It means a lot. All right. Until next time, we'll see you online. <laughs>